0: Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Warriors. This is Grant Lifman, And I'm Drew Schiller. And we are here to talk to you about the Warriors five days a week. Yeah, more like two. I know, now during the summer we're really cutting it down a little bit, but we have some news to talk about today.
1: Uh, wow, I thought you were going to kind of just kind of ease into how we were in Tahoe over the weekend at a bachelor <laughs> party and how there just wasn't a... That much to talk about outside of a specific wedding that happened uh, out in uh, Rhode Island, but we'll save that for exactly. uh, a little bit. Yeah, there is some news. Our our good friend Ian Clark,
0: yes, friend of the show, Ian Clark,
1: has finally found a new basketball home. And throughout the course of the summer, you know, we had been discussing the potential landing spots for for Ian and how. The money was starting to really dry up and it didn't look like he was going to be able to land a multi-year deal. And sure enough, that ended up coming to fruition because he basically had to sign for the minimum of $1,577,230 with the New Orleans pelicans okay so, thank you
0: for being specific about that because now that i know it's down to that 30 dollars you know hopefully you got a nice meal with that 30 dollars that that's what i'm saying that's important yeah. especially since he's going to be
1: down in new orleans lots of good food yeah occasions exactly. you know maybe a some Cajun, jambalaya ca-
0: yeah jambalaya or jambalaya i always go with jambalaya i always go jambalaya
1: yeah and you also like to say jambling when we're gambling i do i
0: say jambling that's true. Do. Hey, that's a great point. Well said, dude. So gambling did Ian, not go so well for us in Tahoe, but that's another yeah, story. Well, yeah, let's not. And gambling didn't go so well for hanging on and waiting till late to sign a contract for Ian Clark. It looks like one point six million dollars is obviously a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, not the grant scheme of things. The grand. Oh, thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, but one point six million dollars for Ian Clark for putting up really pretty good numbers for a bench spot. It makes you think, Drew. When JaVale McGee comes back for the 2.1 million minimum, and Ian Clark signs for the Pelicans for 1.6, you have to start thinking. Are teams wondering if Warriors players, bench players, only perform well because they're in the Warriors system, surrounded by that talent? Do you think that is something that teams are concerned by?
1: I think that's a very fair statement. I think that there's no doubt that that is on the minds of many general managers and executives around the league. Uh, There was, you know, you and I had 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 some discussions with some people, and certain people thought that Ian Clark was maybe going to get, like, a three-year deal in the 30000000 million-plus range. Right. And, I mean, this is just, this is catastrophic (laughs) when you compare it to that. Then, of course, JaVale, that was kind of the, the, the big wild card because just the the things that he does are, are so just like in your face and make you say, wow, right. um, that people thought that his market was probably going to be the most interesting, but it turned out that there just wasn't that big of a market for either guy. Uh, you know, people... We're kind of speculating that maybe it was going to be the Lakers that were going to eventually give Ian Clark a little bit more money than the minimum. But, you know, you mentioned his numbers, so let's just kind of go through it. He averaged seven points per game uh, in just about 15 minutes per game. He was pretty much a part of the rotation all season. He appeared in 77 games. He shot over 55% on twos because he right. was so good at cutting. David West obviously had that connection with him. He was over 37% on threes. However, one stat that definitely does not look good for uh, for Ian Clark, and I know this stat is not perfect because you can kind of find holes in it all the time, but according, in ESPN's real plus-minus metric, uh, he had a minus 29 rating which was 76th out of 93 shooting guards and I mentioned shooting guard I think that's also something to kind of discuss with him because I know in today's NBA positions are are not as important as they used to be but really
0: like what is he yeah, I think, unfortunately, he is just an undersized shooting guard, you have to say, because he's not really a great ball handler. No. Um, but I don't know how much you need some incredible ball handler anymore for point guards either. You know, you see a lot of point forwards that aren't exactly these incredible ball handlers bringing up the ball. Um, but, yeah, what you're saying is that I think it means something to a certain extent, but also, crazy enough, I think he averaged – it was something like 14 minutes per game in the playoffs, which was seventh most out of any Warrior on the team. But if I remember correctly, it wasn't really any crucial minutes that he was playing. No, uh, there, he, there I were mean, a few. They, there were a few. He was coming into that second quarter rotation. Well, many in the times. fourth quarter, if he's playing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but I think his numbers he put up, his numbers were respectable. And I, if I remember correctly, those numbers pretty much came at the end of blowout games. Um,
1: yeah, I mean he I he had he had five playoff games where he scored at least ten points, and he appeared right. in sixteen of the seventeen. The only game he didn't was in Game Five of the NBA Finals, which is kind of interesting because that's the one game Javale also didn't play in. Correct. And it's almost as if maybe uh, that game
0: kind of hurt their stock. I mean, I don't really think yeah, so, I, but I, I don't know. I, I I would just wonder if the playoffs somehow. Because they're early, if, if he played the way he did earlier in the season, towards the end of the season, I can imagine him getting a much bigger payday. But he did have his moments where he kind of tailed off or he'd kind of get lost in the shuffle.
1: Yeah, well, comparing what some other players got who were kind of in a similar boat. Uh, Langston Galloway me, is the right.
0: first one I have to think of.
1: So he got three years and 21 million guaranteed from the Pistons. That is insane. 21 million guaranteed. This so is Langston a guy.
0: Galloway would- Oh, he averaged so weird.
1: he averaged eight points and two rebounds per game. He shot thirty eight percent from the field overall. He did shoot thirty nine percent from three, uh, and I think that you know maybe the Pistons think that if they can just space the floor with him around Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson, whatever. But to give him twenty one million is puzzling. Jody Meeks, another guy who's kind of in that same mold, just kind of a, an undersized guard who's just kind of a scoring guy off the bench. He got two years and just under $7 million from the Wizards, and he has a player option in year two, so he at least got some more flexibility. Uh, a guy like Shelvin Mack, who we just saw play against the Warriors in like the playoffs,
0: he got two years and $12 million with the Magic. Yeah, it like um, just boggles my mind. If I had known... If I had known that Ian Clark was going to get one point six million dollars, I would have begged for him to be back on the Warriors. Well, that's
1: it's interesting that you said that because I I know that the Warriors, uh, when they got Nick Young, it, it pretty much signaled that Ian Clark was gonna was not gonna be back. But but most right. people said the reason Ian Clark isn't gonna be back is because he's gonna be make too much money, and the Warriors aren't right. gonna want to match that. Yeah. And so for him to, I mean, I wonder if at one point in time, Bob Myers and and the front office got together and said, hey, if if Ian doesn't get a significant offer here with that 15th spot, do you think we maybe want to go with him over JaVale? They had to
0: have asked the question, but really, in truth, that would literally take away, well, I don't know why Ian Clark would have done that because he would have had no minutes and he wouldn't have been able to earn his next contract. With the Pelicans, he's really banking on the fact that he can get some minutes and play a little bit. Now, correct yeah, me but, if I'm but, wrong, but Langston Galloway actually played maybe half the season last year in New Orleans. Yes, or and, then he, and then he uh, was traded. I remember traded. him being in New Orleans at one point. Yeah, he was traded to and the Kings in the DeMarcus Cousins. The Kings cousins. and the DeMarcus Cousins, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he's going to fill that role and get those minutes, and if that's true, you know, maybe he can get 20 minutes a game. I know, but when you,
1: at, when you look at the Pelicans now with – you know Drew Holiday. They bring in John Rondo. They drafted Frank Jackson, the the point guard out of Duke. Etwan Moore's there, but Drew Holiday injury prone. Rondo right. injury prone. So yeah, there, I I think that it is a good place for Ian Clark to be around Cousins and Anthony Davis, and he should be able to come in off the bench and and give them uh, that spark and be that guy who can come in and average 10, 11 points per game. And so yes, I, I think that there is a much better opportunity for him to. To showcase himself because at this point in his career, man he I mean obviously you want to win, but he already has a ring now, and he's got to try to get himself a, a multi year deal
0: yep, yep, well, I'm just glad he signed with the team because we were, we were worried there for a little bit of where he's going to end up um, but I know drew, I, I wasn't able to sleep at night I don't know about you I know you you seem exhausted, um, drew, do you know it's not exhausting? yeah, this is a terrible segue is using SeatGeek, geek, and let me tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> SeatGeek is the smartest, <laughs> easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. Now, Drew, SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. But let me tell you, Drew, about a little bit of an amazing deal that uh, I can say to all of y'all listening right now. No, oh, you're and just crushing is this. Just crushing it. <laughs> That is that you can get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code L O N B A, as in locked on NBA. That is L O N B A, all in caps, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Drew, I know you use it. You always look up concerts. First thing you do is go on SeatGeek. Yeah, how, do do you think, well. uh, how do you think I went to that Jack Johnson concert last night? You went actually? to Jack Johnson through SeatGeek. So, everyone, use it. They sponsor us. That's awesome. Use SeatGeek. Totally agree. Okay. Drew. Yes. There was an interesting article written today by Marcus Thompson, friend of the show. Hey, Marcus. Um, for The Athletic, yeah, which is they... the, new, the, new, the new venture that Tim Kawakami and Marcus Thompson and folks, including Danny LaRue, yeah. are uh, writing for. Hey, Danny LaRue, uh, as everyone knows, friend, biggest friend of the show, creator of the show, I guess you could say. So in that article, they asked a variety of questions. And by and, they, you mean Marcus Thompson. Marcus Thompson. And he asked them about the golf tournament coming up that Steph is going to play in and you know, he actually said he's a little nervous for it. Yeah, that was well, interesting. Right. We'll we'll dive into that in a second. But he also talked about this LeBron video. Yes. This mocking of LeBron. Now, over the weekend, Steph Curry was at Harrison Barnes' wedding in Rhode Island. And he as one of the guests, and there was other guests there, including Ken Bazemore and maybe Kyrie Irving. Let's just say a certain
1: guy who has been in the headlines (laughs) as of late. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So in it, in the video, Steph Curry is dancing with in the reception, wedding reception, and he is doing mocking LeBron's video in which he is in i guess working out in a gym and dancing to a music asking putting that really tough face i don't know if anyone's seen the video but you should watch
1: it oh i'm i'm assuming that the the diehard fans who listen
0: to us they they know what's going on so steph curry is mocking that video and pretty much the most uh The biggest takeaway from it was the fact that the camera swings around and there's Kyrie Irving egging him on and cheering him on and laughing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which is kind of a big deal. Now.
1: So the most uh, important takeaway is that while they were partying on Saturday night uh, at Harrison Barnes' wedding and we were partying in Tahoe, we get news of this on Sunday morning uh, from what happened. And clearly it went crazy on the internet And Curry was asked about it by Marcus Thompson. And I'm going to read the quote from Curry, and then we'll discuss whether or not we uh, fully believe him or not. So as Steph said, I've been watching that video twice a day since it happened because it's my favorite video in the entire world. He's referring to the the LeBron uh, workout video. He made a song popular by making a video, and that lives. So now every time I hear that song, that's all I think about. And I've been doing that dance because of him at my house at dinner. When something good happens, I pull that out because I like it and it makes me laugh and it makes me happy, not
0: making fun of him. Grant? Yeah. <laughs> your response? Okay. I think originally he was laughing at the video and mocking him when he started doing it. You know, originally when he first, when, if he really did in the past start doing it to every, like, you know, all the time at home, et cetera. I think he meant it as kind of mocking at first, but I think eventually he just started having fun with it. And, and keep I, in mind, he's probably not thinking 100% clearly because
1: he had had some beverages.
0: Yes, but more importantly, when he was doing it there, I'm sure it was just, trying to have a good time. I don't think he's like trying his best to just mock LeBron. I don't, I don't think that's his goal. Well, I think he just thought it was funny.
1: Let me finish the quote here. He said, that was just a casualty of the moment because me and him, he's referring to Kyrie, we're hanging out all night. That song came on and I was having a good time. Obviously that's a separate side story to their relationship, but neither one of us was trying to clown him. So, so many different elements to this. First of all, how about just the fact that Steph and Kyrie are like hanging out all night at a wedding. These two were just going at it in the NBA finals. right? Um, I mean, there's It's like
0: Larry Bird and Magic Johnson just, you know, hanging out after finals. Yeah.
1: I mean, same kind of position. Um, so then, of course, <laughs> after the party on Saturday night, news came out that uh, Steph was not done partying at the wedding (laughs) and he gathered up kent Bazemore and a couple other guys and literally just crashed a random house party and goes in and just starts chugging bud
0: lights and it's on video it's just steph curry is just having the summer of steph apparently the 20 year olds that were at that party asked him to shotgun a beer right he said no 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 just wants to chug yeah according to tmz uh, I think, that's, I think that's pretty – can you imagine being the guys at that party? You just hear a knock on the door. And you're like, oh, no, the cops are here at <laughs> 2 a.m. And instead it's Steph Curry. And he's like, hey, can I come in? And you're like, um, yes. It's, that's, it's, my, it's that's the wild. end of the story. So, so he goes
1: straight from uh, coming back from his Under Armour tour out in Asia, goes straight to the East Coast to go to uh, Barnes' wedding. Now, of course, he's back. Uh, in the Bay Area, playing in this Web.com tournament, which starts on Thursday, and that's why he was out at the golf course today, getting in a practice round. So, uh, and he, he had, said he's
0: nervous. He said he's actually a little nervous for this. Yes, and that's something he, did. he, he said. He he, he he Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's that. That's one of the elements of the of the story that,
1: that we wanted to discuss. Um, he he. You know, he acknowledged the fact that he's playing with. And against a bunch of guys who are like trying to be on the PGA tour, and this is their livelihood at stake. And he's, you know, he only plays one competitive round of golf a year, and it's up in Tahoe. Yeah. At the he says it's
0: a, a good atmosphere, like the players and everyone kind of has fun with it.
1: Oh yeah, they're just having fun. They're right. they're smoking cigars on the course. They're right. you know, th- Tony Romo and Justin Timberlake are out there with him, and they're throwing alley oops and they're just having fun. They're jumping in Lake Tahoe afterwards. Um, and yes, he, he's taking this seriously, and he, and he told Marcus Thompson, he said, I won't suck. I won't suck. I won't suck for my standards. I might suck compared to them, but in 365 days, they probably play 300 of them, probably more. Their expectations are way different than mine. This is their job. They do this every single day. Um, one other aspect about him being nervous and just playing golf that I thought was really interesting is uh, Thompson revealed in the piece that Steph um, acknowledged that last summer Curry played some of the worst golf of his life. Oh, yeah. And the reason for that is because Steph acknowledged that he could not stop thinking about losing in the NBA Finals, and one of the quotes was, I couldn't clear my mind. So Steph is absolutely recognizing that last summer... Can you imagine how many sleepless nights that guy had just thinking about how he went from you know not being able to finish off what would have possibly gone down as one of the top three greatest individual seasons ever to win the MVP unanimously to break the wins record and to also win the championship and just to come up
0: that short and it really goes all for naught because of that you know you could have done two of those three but but the NBA finals is a must like that has to be one of them you know yes and and that uh, that kind of blew it. So yeah, no, that, it was very interesting. It was a very honest uh, piece from Steph Curry, and you know he's in a good spot right now. You can tell just he's he's winning the off season right now out of all the players. Yeah, I mean um, it's 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 him versus Clay Thompson for whoever's. Do, do you know what I thought was one of the most fascinating parts of that story was him saying that he went to Bob Myers. Dude, I was season. just gonna say he that. Just, was just gonna say if, that. if he. If he took less, he goes to Bob Myers. And a lot of people have talked about this. They're like, well, why did Steph Curry take so much money from the Warriors if De- Kevin Durant's taking less? And he legitimately actually addresses that straight on. Do you have the actual quote? Chris? I do. He said, and I quote, I actually asked
1: Bob. If I were to take a discount at any number, I don't know what it would be, how much of a difference would that make for us to be able to sign other guys? It wasn't like Durant's situation. His had a direct impact on us being able to sign Andre and Sean, and it was just an unbelievable sacrifice by KD, but mine didn't matter. And the reason it didn't matter is because of all these different cap mechanics and how Steph had the Warriors had full bird rights and they were able to give him the designated player extension and you know his hold his cap hold uh wasn't what Kevin Durant's was and so there were a bunch of different factors but yes there was absolutely no reason for Steph to give up a, a single penny and how about the fact that Bob Myers probably just said to him no Steph you deserve every single penny we are giving you this 201 million dollars and there's nothing you can do about
0: it right yeah, I I just, I don't know. I'm glad that Steph actually even said that he went to the, the front office and asked
1: to take that. Right, and run. how cool is it that Bob Myers basically said, no, Steph, you're not right. no, giving well, up any that, money.
0: That, we're not going to let you give that, up any money. That's incredible, and that shows that ownership really cares. Um, remember those reports came out that like Joe Lacob didn't like Steph Curry or something like whatever it was. There were just reports
1: yeah. that, that, that Lacob was possibly not Valuing Steph to the level that he should um, be right. valuing him, but water right. under the bridge at right. this point. But
0: still, I just, um, I just, I, I think interesting thing about Steph Curry is a lot of times he doesn't like to um, kind of he doesn't like to show off about what he does or what he doesn't do in terms of sacrificing. You know, he kind of tries to play the humble card a lot. But it was nice to hear him actually admit and say out loud that I try to take less money.
1: Well, it's actually funny you say that because there's a lot of people out there who think that Steph Curry
0: is not humble. <laughs> right. Well, he's, it's a different type of humble. Off the court, he is humble and who he is as a person is humble. When he's on the court, as Steve Kerr says, he's the most arrogant player on the court
1: arrogant in that he likes to celebrate and he likes to have fun right. and he'll smile and he'll laugh and he'll dance around. But Grant, I mean, you yes, saw, fun.
0: We, we weren't on
1: Twitter as much on Sunday because we were, you know, a little tired, a little lethargic, right. a little sluggish after a weekend of partying. But uh, there were definitely a lot of people on Twitter who were extremely critical of Steph for right. mocking LeBron and how much he was just so it
0: was just so stupid oh, LeBron gosh. literally had cookies made for Halloween with Curry being deceased on it and their 3-1 record mocking them so and like, you
1: apparently had to step over a a pretend a corpse. corpse that was Steph Curry and just like why people are f- seeming to forget that is uh, yeah. is absurd but it's a joke um, but we'll close it on this quote from Steph just talking about how, yes, he's nervous about the tournament, but he also said to, uh, to Marcus, uh, don't let me get a nice little birdie streak. I'll be like, this course can't guard me. <laughs> you never know if he, yeah. starts, if he gets off to a good start and uh, gets the confidence
0: rolling. How, just how, how crazy it would be if he actually is competitive in this tournament. I, I, I'm praying that happens. I would love to watch some golf. And I know that Steph you Curry's pray pressure. a lot. I know you're a big Oh, prayer. yeah. Oh, yeah. Big prayer. But yeah. it's usually about the Warriors. So, you know, you know, I just want Steph Curry to perform well in the golf tournament so we can pay attention and watch. Otherwise, I'll have nothing to do with this golf tournament. I wouldn't care at all.
1: Uh, well, this was a lot of fun. This was our first yeah. pod uh, since recording it last Thursday night. It's Tuesday night right now. Oh, one final thing. If you are listening to this before 10 a.m., on wednesday morning uh be sure to tune in to 95.7 the game at 10 a.m grant and i will be joining matt steinman's uh for two hours we'll be kind of it's kind of a try host situation i guess you could say and uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun we're gonna talk about the warriors obviously some but we're gonna talk about some other sports as well so tune in to us on 95.7 the game
0: absolutely and thank you very much to seek geek for sponsoring this episode
1: All right, everybody, have a great Wednesday, and uh, we'll hopefully be back with you with another podcast at some point this week. It just all depends if any cool stuff happens.
0: (laughs) You got it. All right, talk later. Bye. Bye.